Hey friends, I want to thank our amazing sponsors over at the Boyd Ranch Mule Days. I've been going down to the Boyd Ranch just outside of sunny Wickenburg, Arizona uh, for the past couple of years. I've had a lot of fun doing clinics down there and I can't wait to go back in March. Boyd Ranch Mule Days is now the entire week of March 7th through the 13th, 2022. And of course, my clinic is three days long. That's the 7th through the 9th. Uh, along with my good friend, Mr. Chris Clark, who is a Grand Canyon uh, veteran. He's been down there, been packing many years, very experienced, and a great teacher. You'll enjoy learning from Chris as well. You know, they also got a driving clinic down there. And, uh, you know, I don't know a lot about driving. And uh, this is going to be fun to, to see what's going on over there. There's some, they're covering some basic harnessing and driving single and double. You know, after three full days of clinicking between my clinic the packing clinic and the driving clinic then it's time to get out on the trail they got short medium long rides uh going on and also an ultra long wilderness ride they offer uh they got their famous trail obstacle course they they got their all-out mule ramble going on they're giving away ribbons prizes and i think they've even talked me into being the announcer for the event so i'm gonna have a blast there for sure every night there's there's food good food uh they got concerts going on live music and dancing and it's going to be a ton of fun family friendly and i just can't wait to be there if you want to come to boyd ranch mule days i'd love to see you there go visit boydranch.org for more information and to apply to join us hey i can't wait to see you there looking forward to it Well, Happy New Year to you, friends. Thanks for uh, joining me today. I hope you're doing amazing wherever you are in this awesome world. It is, uh, what is it, January 3rd, 2022. Here we go. Coming up on our uh, a decade of teaching clinics. Um, let's see, I think, I think it's in May. It'll be 10 years of doing these clinics. And... Uh, it's just been amazing to be part of that, be part of everybody's um, progress and and see things change. And I've changed a lot in the past 10 years. I know that uh, the things I do and teach now is, is quite a bit different than than uh, what it used to be. And, and uh, we should always be working on getting better. And I hope that uh, 10 years more from now, I'll be completely different. This also marks two years of doing these podcasts and man, that's been a great time. I've really enjoyed the podcast and I've enjoyed uh, answering questions and I appreciate all of you that send in your questions. It's been a great time answering them and, and uh, it, it uh, never ceases to amaze me how many questions there are. There are so many things uh, to be working on, you know, to be improving upon. It's pretty cool. So Anyways, uh, this is episode 143 of the Everyday Mealmanship Podcast, and I know uh, probably a lot of you sat down January 1st, or maybe it was New Year's Eve or something, and you decided what you're going to work on for this year, what you want to get better at. A lot of people make New Year's resolutions, and there's probably a lot of podcasts out there and a lot of talks about this right now, but I thought I'd give you 
my two cents worth. That might be all it's worth, but I want to share with you what I think about New Year's resolutions. And, uh, you know, on New Year's Eve, um, I helped my buddy. Uh, we trailed 48 cattle home about 15 miles. It snowed all day long. I saddled up about six in the morning in the dark. And uh, you can see a picture I posted on my Instagram uh, of me riding or saddling up a mule named Virgil. Uh, black mules, white stocking legs, and saddled up in the snow in the dark and loaded up in the trailer, trucked around to where we were going to uh, sort the cattle and start them. And 15 miles, it took us just under eight hours to make that 15 miles home in the snow and uh, we were all pretty cold in fact my buddy got pretty sick uh, at the end of the day he he went home he was sick he, he caught he caught a bit of a chill or maybe he had something that just came on with it but it, it was a cold day a long day um you know it started out with uh you know actually kind of things being a little bit warm because it had to long trot out you know through the past year you know, this pasture's, I don't know, maybe a couple thousand acres and um, sagebrush, you know, kind of uh, low hills, you know. Um, and anyways, trotting out through there, trying to find the cows, found them, gathered, sorted. And, you know, things were pretty warmed up by then. And um, but then you sit on the in the saddle all day, just following the cows home, and it got cold. But you know what? Um, since it was cold, we didn't do a lot of talking amongst each other. We just kind of followed the cows along, and you know, we were all a little chilly. But I was thinking about what I wanted to be better at um, in 2022, what I wanted to work on, what I wanted to improve, um, you know, and and I come up with a handful of things, you know, um, be more patient with my children. That's at the top of the list. Um, you know, uh, made some business goals and and made some goals, um, you know, with with my mulemanship. Made some goals with some specific mules that I wanted to work on and improve. And uh, so I kind of made this list. And then on Sunday, which was January 2nd, yesterday, sitting in church, and the fellow got up to talk in church, and he was telling about a time that he got he got interviewed, and it was this long interview, lasted a couple of hours. And the interview, the purpose of the interview was to find the, uh, the applicant's strengths and weaknesses. And so at the end of the interview, they sent him his results, and he's talking about this. And and they only sent him his strengths. They didn't send him his weaknesses. They didn't tell him what his weaknesses were. They just said what his strengths were. And then this fellow went on to talk about how, um, in his experience, and a lot of people's experience, if you focus on working on the strengths and get your strengths stronger, um it seems like your weaknesses just start to get filled in a little bit too. And, man, that got me to thinking when I was sitting there. I thought, oh my gosh, it's the same thing with mules. You know, when I'm working with mules, especially these days, I try really hard to 
make their strength stronger. And what they're good at, work on it more and get it better. Instead of focusing on their weaknesses so much, which we can get really caught up in, you know, they're not good at this, they're not good at that, or we do the same things with ourselves. We're not good at this, we're not good at that, and we got to work on it. I'm not saying, I'm not telling you not to work on your weaknesses because I suppose we should, but I know that if we work on our strengths and try to get our strengths stronger, those weaknesses seem to kind of fill in a little bit. And I found it, like I said, with mules. Um, you know, I got a mule here. I've been working on, a lot of you have followed along on our video library. Her name is Dally. And uh, she's she's been the most challenging mule that I've owned. I've worked a lot a lot of challenging mules that weren't mine. They were way worse than, than her. Uh, much more challenging than her. Uh, much more difficult than her, but uh, my own mules, the Dally's my mule. Um, she, she's been the most difficult in my opinion, in my experience with my own. Um, now one, one of her strengths is she is really good in the mountains. She really is. She's a great mountain mule and she's really good with cows and she likes to follow along with cattle and and she's good out and about but if i'm in the arena kind of schooling on her working on things that she's not good at trying to get them better and i just kind of school um she gets real tight real bound up it seems like the more questions i ask her in the arena um in the round pen even just out in the pasture the more questions i ask her tighter she'll get but if i kind of weave my questions in amongst my work so for example following cows is one of the best places i've found to work dally her mind is not so much being worried about me doing things she's thinking about the cattle ahead and i ask her little questions like a little leg yield maybe move the hip over here move the hip over there move the shoulder here move the shoulder there and especially when it involves the cow and following a cow and moving a cow and manipulating the cow's movement, those things go really smooth for her. But like I said, when I'm just schooling in the arena, just asking these things, it seems to be a bit more challenging and she gets a little tighter, a little bit more bothered. So, you know, choosing how I'm going to work on improving this mule in our in mine uh, relationship here, um, you know, I'm going to set things up for success. I'm going to make her strength stronger. So she's, she enjoys the cattle. She enjoys being out. And it seems as if we only have a little bit of a job to do. I can mix in these questions and she does well. So as I'm making my goals for her, I am focusing on, on that type of stuff. Um, it's the same thing for myself. I'm going to try to make my strength stronger. You know, um, I have certain skills and and certain tools in my toolbox that I'm pretty good at, at applying and using and and using them skills and and I could, uh, you know, I, I need to add more skills to that toolbox for sure. But the, some of the skills I do have, I I need to get better at. I'm not. 
it ain't it ain't perfect and i'm not really striving for perfectionism i'm striving to be better so anyways as i'm making these goals i'm trying to make my strength stronger and so you might sit back and think about what is your mule really good at oh my mule my mule is a, is is pretty good at stopping i got a good stop well let's make that stop better let's make it more punctual let's make it more engaged with the hindquarters okay my mule's really good at turnarounds all right well let's do a few more few more uh rounds of your turnaround let's do a few more um you know add a little bit more speed maybe my mule's really good at side passing good let's side pass a little further maybe side pass a little faster work on your strengths get them stronger my mule's really good um on on the mountain okay good well while you're out there on the mountain work on all these moves instead of just plodding down the trail putting miles behind you so try to make your mule strength stronger that's that would be my my suggestion that i could offer that's what i'm going to be doing this year um and so instead of focusing on the negatives i'm going to start focusing on the positives a bit more so anyways hopefully that uh Hopefully that helps you make some goals. Hopefully that gives you something just to chew on a little bit, whatever your goals are. Hopefully that can help you. Yeah, and I uh, appreciate you, you know, making goals and trying to get better all the time. I, I want to be better all the time. And so that being better comes from lots of different areas. And just making the goal isn't enough. How how are you going to apply these goals? You know, you want to be better your mealmanship. Well, you got to you got to constantly be taking in information and then applying it. You got to apply it. A lot of people take in a lot of information but they don't go apply it. You got to go do it. And this mealmanship stuff, this horsemanship to get better at it, you got to do it. You can't just watch videos all day. You can't just read articles and read books and Listen to these podcasts all day. You got to go apply it. You got to go do something about the things you learn. And, you know, for me, I'm always working on my mulemanship. I'm trying to get better. I watch videos. I read a lot of books. I listen to a lot of podcasts. And, you know, in, in these days, it's not so much necessarily horse training podcast. You know, one, one of the things that I'm trying to get better at is just to be better with all of you, the the participants that come to my clinics, working on communication. How can I communicate my message more clearly and better so that you can understand it quicker? That way you can apply the changes quicker. Um, so listen to things like that. Listen and, and read about, um, you know, ways to ways to inspire ways to help lift up uh i found in the past decade of teaching these clinics that uh, one of my most important jobs i didn't really i didn't really understand was part of my job description was inspiring people and lifting people up helping people find some confidence in what they want to do what they are doing and so I try to learn about things like that, but all these things I can sit and learn about, but I got to go do them. I got to share them with you. And anyway, so hopefully that will give you a little bit of, uh, 
a little thought to chew on there as you're thinking about some goals, some resolutions. And, and I think goals are important. And I think a list of how you're going to achieve those goals is even more important than the goals you make. So um, I got a question in from a friend named Cami Lundine. She listens to the podcast. And um, I, she had a question about shaping her bozal. So, uh, Cami says, Merry Christmas uh, to you and your family. I have been watching your videos on the bozal, preparing to get slippers and arrow going in it. The videos um, you have are great. My question is, how long should I leave my bozal in the block shaper before I use it? Um, I also need to compliment you on your podcast. I listen to them daily. They truly inspire me. You have a gift for guiding us all to be better humans and helping us understand how to treat others and our mules. I finally figured out how to leave reviews. I'm a bit technically challenged. I'll be responding now. Thanks for all you do, Cammy. Well, thanks for the question, Cammy, and uh, I hope you had a, a merry and blessed Christmas as well and a happy new year. Um, so as far as leaving your block uh, shaper in your bozal before you use it, how long? So for those of you that are are new to using the Hackamore, um, let me explain a couple of things. So whenever I refer to a Hackamore, I'm talking about a traditional Hackamore. That means uh, usually a rawhide or leather bozal with a hanger and a makati. The makati is like your setter, your setter reins. The hanger is, is no different than your snaffle bit hanger, your bridle bit hanger, basically like the head stall. Okay. Um, and when, when you get these bozals built, uh, they're, they're not the correct shape to fit your horse or your mule. They kind of come in a teardrop shape. They're, they're built in a, in a teardrop shape. And the teardrop shape is not really fitting to the animal. There'll be gaps on the sides of the animal's nose, um, sometimes uh, towards the top of their nose, on the corners, there'll be big gaps. And basically, you want your hackamore to fit like a hat. Like you're putting your cowboy hat on, you want that hackamore to fit. It should just fit comfortably right there on that nose. On bone structure, just like the halter, you want the hackamore on bone structure. You don't want it on any of the soft cartilage down on the nose. So you shouldn't wear your halter down on the nose on all the soft stuff, nor should you wear your hackamore on any of that soft cartilage. It needs to be on bone. And so you, when you get your new hackamore, you, your new bozal, you, you kind of go put it out on your mule or your horse. And you're taking notes of how it fits. And maybe you notice that there's some gaps on the corners towards the top of the nose there. Uh, maybe you notice that it's too tight down along the, the jowl. Um, it, it's maybe too squeezing too tight down there. It doesn't have enough of a gap down there. And that is typical how they'll fit when they're brand new. So what you got to do is you got to get a block. Picture a, a, a two by four piece of wood cut down to maybe four inches um, in length, maybe six inches at the most in length. Um, and I like to have them with some grooves on the 
on the two inch sides of the two by four. So your hackamore kind of sits in those grooves on either side. And you take a leather, a leather, uh, a piece of leather, a long tassel of leather, long strand of leather, and you you put the block inside of your bozal. You kind of squeeze your bozal together so it contacts that block, and you wrap that leather around it, and you leave it tied tight whenever you store it. Um, and this helps squeeze that rawhide and, and reshapes that rawhide or the leather so that it'll better fit. So Cammy's question is, how long should you leave it in there before you start using it? Well, you got to get it shaped. So Cammy, that's the answer. As soon as it's shaped and it holds its shape, and that might take a week or two, um, then you start using it. Um, also, they will lose their shape sometimes. It depends on how, you know, the quality of the, the bozal for sure. And I've also noticed it kind of depends on you know, how fine the braiding is and, you know, things like that. Um, but you you might have to leave that block in there. You know, if you're not going to be riding anything in Hackamore for a little while, you might just store your, your Hackamore with that block in there and just leave it for a long time. You might just store it that way. So, um, you know, I have a real good Hackamore. It's a, it's a half-inch Hackamore that uh, Tom Peterson built. And if you guys ever need a good hackamore, I highly suggest Tom Peterson from Ephraim, Utah. You can find him on Facebook. But Tom Peterson does a great job building stuff. And, you know, after we got that that hackamore shaped up nicely, it pretty much holds its shape. We haven't had to put the block back in. I got another hackamore built by uh, uh, Vince Donnelly, a great rawhide braider. And that one also holds the shape. I have another Hackamore that I don't know who the who the maker was. I just traded this Hackamore, you know, just traded for it. And so who, who knows who built it? But it, it does not hold shape at all well. So that thing is constantly put on a block um, because it doesn't hold the shape. So it kind of depends on what the core of that Hackamore is made out of. So anyways, Cammy, hope that answers your question. I appreciate you sending that in. Um, I wanted to read this from Janet Conway. She sent this in, uh, just some podcast feedback. Um, hi, Ty. I just listened to episode 140 on the podcast and you did a great job on this one. A lot of useful information. I am impressed that you are always making positive changes to these communications. To be specific, I like that you are realistic about what it takes to work with a challenging mule. You provided a lot of very specific details on what to do and how to do it. You are very direct when you say, I wouldn't ride this mule until you have done the following. And you continue to emphasize the importance of groundwork. No magic bullets, no shortcuts, just do the work. And it will it will be challenging for some of your listeners to do. But you didn't hold back or sugarcoat the message. Thanks for answering my question on leading with a foot for Maxine. On the positive side, she is very devoted to me and will try new things that make her uncomfortable. I'd like to make her more precise with placing her feet. Yesterday, I went back to the pick up, pick me up off the fence drill. She has never been good at this. I'll work on this drill for the next week. Merry Christmas to you and Sky, Janet. Thanks, Janet. I appreciate the feedback. Janet is a wonderful mule woman that has really, she's really stepped up and she's trying to make some nice bridal mules. 
and uh, just a great human being. So, and with that, that is it for this week, friends. I hope you're doing great. If you have questions for the podcast, if you would like to send them in, be sure to email me. My email is ty at tsmules.com. Uh, be sure to look us up on Instagram. Just look up TS Mules on Instagram or type in my name, Ty Evans, and you'll find us there. Uh, find us on Facebook, TS Mules as well. And, of course, don't forget our website, tsmules.com. And if you want to know more about that Hackamore stuff that I was talking about in this episode, uh, we're working on a collection right now uh, called the Hackamore. It's on our video library. You go to tsmules.com, click on the video library, and you can watch those videos. So, hey, thank you all. I would love to hear what you think of the podcast. Leave me a review if you'd like. If you have the time, I'd sure be grateful. And until next week, God bless you, and we'll see you down the road. Hey, I want to thank our amazing sponsors at Mules and More magazine. Mules and More has been around a long time. It's a great magazine, and uh, shoot, I've been reading this magazine since I was just a little kid. I remember my dad subscribed to this when I was little, and I'd read it every month and loved it. And now uh, our good friend Corey Daniels has taken over as editor of this magazine the last few years, and she has done an amazing job. Um, also, did you know that Mulesmore comes in a digital format? You can download it on your phone, read it wherever you're at. So, hey, be sure to check them out, mulesmore.com. And, uh, you know, hey, tell them Ty sent you. I'd be very grateful. Mulesmore.com.